Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the third season of My Life is Murder. This is a New Zealand-based show that is airing on the Acorn streaming streaming service. Yeah, it's, I was going to say TV or network, but it's like everything's on streaming these days. Well, they it's funny to me because they call it Acorn TV, but I only know it as streaming. Well, and what used to be TV shows was always broadcast, then it was on cable at one point. Now it feels like it's predominantly on streaming from what I'm watching, at least. What's cool about this is it's really opening up the global market for a lot of shows. Yes. This is a show that I think started in Australia, but because the star, Lucy Lawless, is a New Zealander, when the pandemic came about, she was in New Zealand. And it's like, well, why don't we just continue the show here? So between the first and second season, there was a little bit of turnover. She's working with a different cop and that sort of thing. The kind of the sidekick assistant she has moved over with her. Mm -hmm. With this third season, we got the same regular cast we had second season. So Alexa Crow, played by Lucy Lawless, is the, the retired police uh, who's now investigating stuff on behalf of the police. We've got Madison, the assistant. We've got the detective, whose name I'm blanking on. Harry. Harry. And then we've got Ruben, who's the owner of the cafe that Alexa bakes bread for, hangs out at, etc. And we added, in the second season as recurring, Alexa's brother, who'd been in prison, that sort of thing. He shows up again this season. We get his daughter, Mm. that was heretofore unknown by all the characters, I think. Yes, well included. Yeah, for like two episodes. But we also introduced Beth, who was a kind of a substitute fill-in for Madison. And it was interesting because as we were watching that part of it, it's like, okay, the actress who plays Madison was in a scene, but by herself, she couldn't interact with the others. There's the pandemic, you know, did that play in, whatever. And it turns out it was definitely a COVID aspect. Because when the pandemic kind of popped back up, that actress, I believe, was in Australia and couldn't get back over soon enough or whatever. They said, well, let's create a friend of hers to act as a replacement for that character. And they were narratively the same, but different characters. Mm -hmm. They served the same narrative function, though. But then it got to where the actress from Madison could come in. There were quite a few episodes that had both Beth and Madison. But then... I forget if it was which one of them got COVID and the other one had to kind of fill in. It's like, we'll just swap some lines. Yeah. And it was one of those things in other situations, they may have just, well, we're recasting and move on. They didn't do that here. They, they kind of added the role. <laughs> yeah. But it also reminds me a bit of MASH, I think is the best example of this, where over the course of that series, you had a different guy commanding the 4077. Mm-hmm. One was a fish out of water in the military, the other was a fish out of water in the medical realm, but both were at home in the other realm. Mm -hmm. When you replaced various other characters, you had somebody that 
fit the same function in the narrative, just in a different way. You know, when you replaced Radar with Klinger, mm-hmm. you know, they did the same role, but in very different ways. And the other thing was the two guys that were always kind of needling Hawkeye and BJ. Well, even Trapper John replacing with BJ and stuff. Yeah. But I felt with, with My Life is Murder, the the way they introduced the Beth character as a gaming friend of Madison's. First of all, I think Alexa should be wary of answering her own front door. Yes, because the, the replacement just literally showed up at the door. And I mean, when you think about it later, the niece just shows showed up, up at, at the, the door. door. Yeah. <laughs> well, a time or two, the brother showed up at the door. There was a time a murderer showed up at the door. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. There reaches a point where she should just be wary of answering the door. No, nah, it's not in her character. No, it's not. It's not. It's a fun show because the basic procedural has been done, pardon the pun, but to death. Yes. And what makes this one interesting is as much the character of Alexa as mm-hmm. anything else in terms of just how she is, but also how she interacts with those around her. Well, she understands just how high the stakes are, mm-hmm. but she does have a bit of fun. And I think the best example of that is when she's in the bunker trying to get the guy to confess to her. Yeah. And he's like, how dumb are you? If you think I got away with the perfect crime, you came into a hidden bunker with me and let me seal the doors. A bunker nobody else knows about. Yes. Yeah, you're you're going to die here was essentially what he was saying without saying it. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. Here's why. Yeah. Well, what gets me, and this is one of the unstated things of the show, is you always have that scene at the end where she's confronting the killer and explaining how she knew how they did it and saying, hey, am I right? And invariably, the minute it gets to the, yeah, you're right, whether they say it or it's just Mm -hmm. crystal clear, about two seconds later, you start to see the cop lights and in comes the detective. Harry's right there, ready to go. Yeah. And I've gotten to where I try to watch for the cop lights. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there are a couple of things they did with Harry this time that was fun because he's basically there for the framing sequence. Here's the mission. Yep, you did a good job, and a check in or two in the middle. Yeah. And there was one where his sister was involved. Mm-hmm. There was another one where he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And they were much softer in a lot of respects about. Kind of Alexa's trauma, if you will. I mean, first season, it was very much her husband died. She left the police because of it. Yeah. Whereas here, it's alluded to. It's not like it's forgotten or a secret, but it's not being thrown in our face every episode. I think if you had missed the first season and came in afterwards, you'd be able to to figure it out. It's like, okay, second season was as good of a starting point as first. You would have missed out on that backstory of the husband who had died and and the tragedy and stuff because it's alluded to but it's really never spoken about right well and it was so softly peddled this season that i think when harry gets hurt and ends up in the hospital if you've watched all of the show it's like oh wow this is a ptsd moment for the character but if you've only watched this season it's kind of a okay alexa what's going on well in madison I think was at the what's going on, not really having put two and two together on that. But I think also the wedding venue episode before that was one where it was bringing up some memories 
mm-hmm. for Alexa, and she actually brings the the photo out yes. of the husband for the first time at the new place. I think Beth should have been the one who was having the what's up with Alexa on yes. the reaction because Madison was a lot more aware. Madison should have known because mm-hmm. she was in the the place in Australia that Alexa had shared mm-hmm. the husband and such. So yeah, I felt they were definitely downplaying it, but acknowledging it. Yeah. And there was a scene in which after Harry had been, been hurt and he was in the hospital and Madison's like, aren't you going to go in? We need to see him. And, and Alexa just kind of bolts. Well, and I loved that it was right outside the doors to the hospital. Yeah. But the next scene is back at Alexa's place. She's She said, oh, I'm going to go check on this or whatever. She's got the computer. She sits down and it's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Closes the computer. And they do. It's not like a rack focus kind of a thing, but it was one where they really accentuate the empty space of the apartment of she's there alone. Yes. And in a way that they could have shot it even from that same angle and stuff and not made it feel that way. Mm-hmm. So they did some very intentional stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think the direction of photography in this show is it's one of those things. They don't make a big deal of it, but they use it really well in a lot of places because they do a lot of, of aerial shots of setting the scene of we're in Auckland, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Which, if you recognize it, you recognize it. If you don't, it's not a big deal. It's not like they, oh my god, it's Auckland, New Zealand. But they do beautiful establishing shots, both for city and country. Yes. They give you the sense of where it is. And we've been to Auckland, so it's like, oh yeah, we recognize, you know, the the big spire building, I forget what it's called, and stuff like that. So it's, and that that one thing, it's like the Seattle Space Needle Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's visible from like everywhere in Auckland, so it's an immediate frame of reference but also the way they do the the my life is murder opening title card so to speak they've had the scene where it's here's the the death to go investigate and stuff it's always you know alexa and harry at that point and kind of as they're parting the camera like pulls back and either on the ground where they were or in a building behind them or somewhere in the environment they've they've put the my life is murder title yeah and it's it's artsy, but it's also a very integral part of the show in a very subtle and obvious way kind of a thing. And it's, it, it sets the show apart from so many others where they would just cut to, boom, here's the title card, or just superimpose it in a TV way, not as if it is part of the environment. Yeah. You know, there was one where it was like it was done in tile on the sidewalk area or whatever. Another where it was like it's a, a banner on the building or something, or a flag in the background. Mm-hmm. There was one or two where we're seeing it through a window and that diffused it enough. It's like, yeah, you didn't quite pull it off there. But generally, I think they do a good job with that. What amused me was when they put it in like the bottom of the fountain, and so they seem to have like CGI fish to yeah. swim over. And I'm like, I don't think they're really fish in that fountain, but okay. No, but they're going for the effort of embedding it in the real world, mm-hmm. the narrative world. Yes. The real, yeah. And there's a sense of fun in the show in terms of the verbal interplay, be it between Alexa and Madison, Alexa and Harry, or just the various people being investigated and such. The The wordplay is there, but it's not overdone or, or whatever. And there are a couple of the episodes this season or I think we figured out pretty quick, uh, it's going to be this one. There are a few others where at the end, it's like, I still don't know what the motivating factor was. Yeah. 
So the the mystery level, it's not like it varies widely and stuff, but there's there's some TV mystery plots that are much more recognizable than others. Well, like with the dance studio episode. Mm-hmm. That was definitely one of their more complicated mysteries. Yeah. But I think they tried to set up something with Ruben that they failed to deliver on. And that was, you know, Ruben went to dance class with her because he has this way with women. He'll get the women partners to open up to him. And then we never heard from him a single thing. He never reported back. Yeah. And and what's funny, what they could have done with that as a subplot kind of a thing is Alexa constantly asking, what did you find out? It's like, a man doesn't kiss and tell or sort of, you know. Yes, yes. It's like, did you not get the point of the exercise? It's like, I did, but I can't. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and what would have doubly cracked me up on that is if at the very end of the episode, Harry had pulled him aside and said, now wait a second. And he's like, they didn't tell me a darn thing that would have helped with the case. Have you yeah. ever talked to yes. one of these women? yes. <laughs> there are some ways they could have landed the ending on that part of it, yeah. And it's it's interesting because I felt this season more than last, we get the cast together as a family unit, mm-hmm. either for dinner or drinks or whatever, just hanging out together. Mm-hmm. And and I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. It's not just they work together, but they, they like each other. Yeah, we really built that work family aspect yeah. of them. The Christmas episode when... The victim's wife referred to Reuben as the boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, well, I asked him for help and he came to go clean up the yes. the yard of all that stuff. You know, it's it it's also fun how ten ten episodes, ten murders, and by and large it felt like ten different ways to murder somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean there's if you boil it down to too high of a level, oh it was poison, oh it was that, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure you're gonna get that, but they're it didn't feel like they're going over the same kind of by-the-numbers mystery that you could see a thousand times on TV. Yeah. So I'm enjoying the show. I think it's a lot of fun. Well, and decent red herrings in terms of, like you were saying, yes. getting to the end and you're like, okay, I'm you know three quarters into the episode and I'm still spitballing theories based on what they've given me mm-hmm. because it isn't so, to use the phrase you just pulled out, by-the-numbers. I'm like, okay, because they gave me this, that, and the other, that means the solution to this problem is. Well, and I think it being set in New Zealand and being done by a New Zealand production crew for a New Zealand audience gives it a little bit of an advantage for us, an American Mm -hmm. audience, in so much as I feel we've kind of gotten the rhythm of an American procedural down pretty well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And there's nothing about the Australian-New Zealand, because it was Australia first season stuff, about that setting that's off-putting or confusing. Because I'll admit, I still get confused by the titles of the people in the police procedurals over in Britain shows. DCI. DCI. Yeah. All those things. Or is it just, he's a detective. Got it. I can follow that. But we don't know, by and large, most of the, the stable of actors. Mm-hmm. Although there was one or two episodes where it's like, I recognize him, him, and him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, there was Okay. That. One of them was Boba Fett. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like, I think most people would recognize him. Well, the most recent Boba Fett, not the original. Yes, yes. The, from a- the book of Boba Fett yeah. and Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, correct, correct. Another one was somebody who'd played the advisor kind of role in, I think, two or three seasons of Power Rangers 
Plus had been one of the comic relief characters in two or three other seasons. Kelson Henderson. It's like, okay, he's he's one of the more familiar faces in the non-Ranger part of Power Rangers, although he's technically been a Ranger. And then another one of the guys in that same episode who was running the retirement home is the father of two of the current Rangers. Mm. So it's like, I recognize him. Where from, though? That one, I think, you know. But mm. having, because, I mean, how many times have we gone through an yeah. American show where just by watching the guest cast credits. Most famous guest star did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is when watching American TV shows, there is an aspect of ripped from the headlines. Wait, I read that headline. I feel like I know where this story is going. Yes, we're in the same news cycle as the the American shows versus I don't know how many of these were pulled off the headlines out of New Zealand, if any. Yeah. But they very well could have been because a lot of them remember that case or that story from whatever is what the Harry the detective is telling Alexa the investigators. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, here's the case. There was only one out of these 10 that had part of it where I was like, oh, I can picture a headline that might have sparked this. Mm. You know, and I mean, it definitely diverged wildly because this is a murder show and the headline I saw was nothing to do with murder. Well, then that would be a big divergence, yes. <laughs> but. You can see where somebody could have seen a headline and gone, oh, wait, what if? Mm -hmm. But one of the other things I liked is how several of these episodes, and the retirement home one is a good example, there's there's more than one crime going on. There do seem to be incidental crimes that are getting uncovered in the way of some of this. Oh, you murdered him because he found out you were embezzling or you were going to do this or that was happening or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there's an aspect of... I mean, we're trying to figure out this who done it. And in the process, we figure out who done that. And so we've got a who, but it's for the wrong crime. So our your guilty radar went off and we were right that they were guilty, but we were wrong about the crime. What I would love to see along those kinds of lines, and it would work better, I think, and again, in the American market, because I don't know how big of a show My Life is Murdered mm. is down in New Zealand or not. But if you had like Castle or mm -hmm. Monk or one of these others where you've got that, that miracle worker detective kind of a thing and they're clearing cases. And again, like in this case, there's all these peripheral things they're finding out about. Imagine having a spinoff set in that same place where you've introduced a few of these people as they're in the background of the main show. And they're the ones who get assigned all the follow-up cases. Harry's silent partner. Yes, Harry... Always comes in for the, the arrest. He's always got this this woman with him who seems to be his partner. I don't think she said a single word this season. I don't think and, so. It's not even like she's very visible there. But there are a couple of times he's nodding to her afterwards like, yep, we got him. You didn't do anything, Harry. She did even less. But that's the sort of character that could then be assigning the work to the other people or cleaning up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a fascinating kind of a sideshow to a high-profile main show mm -hmm. of here are all these things that they're finding every week, and here's all of the other arrests that are quietly happening behind the scenes. I mean, the cases that we, we didn't intend to solve, but I kind of think we did. There was one scam going on. That's why somebody else basically had to die. There was another one where... Somebody, I guess that was the one where somebody was the son of somebody but didn't realize it. So there's, again, another kind of mystery that's motivating it. 
uh, the, the the actual murder well, in that one. And I mean, so often here in the headlines, there's the our patients or residents, I should say, a nursing home being over-medicated mm-hmm. to make them compliant, etc. Yeah, in the retirement home one, there's this drug circle going around. And that's hilarious. And a bribery yes. scheme. The bribery scheme was twice as funny, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple of these that there's three or four crimes happening that are incidental to the, the, the case being solved. Yeah. And I like that because... How many times have we gotten one where there's the motive for the murder and a red herring or two, but that's it? Yeah. And there's there's no additional depth. There's nothing else going on to, to kind of derail an investigation. Mm. I, another thing that would be funny is something that purports to be a murder mystery, but the, the investigator gets sidetracked and is solving all of those other cases <laughs> and kind of having to get pulled back to, oh yeah, there's the murder mystery. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I could see that with a monk-style character, mm-hmm. where it's just they lost focus, they went off the rabbit hole, and they solved a big crime, not the one they were supposed to. Well, there are some people that if you give them a list of 20 things, they can't go to number three until they've completed number two. And there's some that won't start all of them, any of them, until they've read all of them, yes. kind of a deal. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that they've got a, a, a more realized world. That there are these side crimes going on and stuff. There are enough things going on that you feel you've gotten to know all of the people involved in the crimes. Mm-hmm. Or the situation that the murder happened in and whatnot. And they're not just, oh, that's the red herring, we're off them, so poof, they're gone. Yeah. It's a well-written show. It's it's not deep. It's not the most intricate, oh my god, you're never going to figure this out, you know, cliffhanger or, or your murder mystery kind of, you know, whatever. But... It's entertaining to watch. It's satisfying. When they get to the whodunit, they've justified it. It makes sense. Sometimes it's a little more straightforward. Sometimes it's a little more contrived. But either way, it's like, it holds together. Mm -hmm. I was surprised how much I cared about the sourdough week after week. Mm. Well, and there was one that that had the sourdough as a subplot. (laughs) And there were a couple of times where the brother Will... Happened to have been at the right place at the right time to provide the right clue to, to get the thing solved. It's like, ah, it's a little convenient, but okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but they at least have fun with it. Yes. The show certainly doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, they're not trying to out Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes or anything. Mm-hmm. And it never feels like Alexa's powers of deduction are supernatural. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, they're following the leads. They've got this. She's got a, a hunch. There are a few times where, nope, punch didn't work out. Almost got in trouble, but, you know. (laughs) Oh, I do love it when Harry walks into the apartment and she's like, so did so-and-so call you because I did this? Because really, it should be okay. And they're like, no, should they have called to complain? Oh, well, that's interesting. How about at the the horses where he's called in as they're getting walked out of, yep, the cops were called on them, but... You know, wasn't the case. That was the one with the, uh, it wasn't the horses, it was the the one with the bees in the wedding venue one. Yes. She followed a hunch, it didn't work out, okay. I think the only time she was following a lead that Harry really did not approve of (laughs) was when it was Harry's younger sister that she was chasing down. Well, you know, when there's that 1%. Yeah, yeah. And again, they came to a meeting of the minds, cut to the... Two of them interrogating the younger sister. And the the younger sister gave good information. 
Yes. That she didn't know she had. They had played fair all along. Well, and I loved the, does Madison know Alexa's not really a a (laughs) model manager or whatever it was, agent? Yes. Oh, wait. Madison's (laughs) undercover too? Yes. There are a couple where you can see the, the, the switches flipping in the minds of some of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I loved at the end when he said that his sister had forgiven Madison and might someday forgive him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't holding his breath, though. Again, they've, they've got fully realized characters, and all of the regulars are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just to add a little color to, you know, Alexa's family life and stuff. Some of it came out because we got to see the brother and such. Do we have to see the niece? No. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. I'd love to see her come back. Me too. She was in in two back-to-back episodes. The first one, she totally nailed it. Yes, definitely. I didn't think she had as much to work with in the second, but she wasn't a focal part of that. And I definitely think if they do a fourth season of this, which I'm really hoping for, they need to bring her back a few times. Yeah. And I think this is a show that as, as long as Lucy Lawless wants to do it, could keep going. I agree. I mean, again, I've got no idea how big of a hit it is or isn't down there or what the ratings are, or the, the money situation behind it and stuff. But as an audience member, I'm satisfied. Yeah, I like it. I like that the mysteries keep me engaged. Yes. Through the whole episode. Well, they keep me engaged, whether it's one of those where I recognize some of the guest stars or where I've got zero clue who any of them are. So it's not one where, oh, they're banking on the the recognition of this to carry it or something like that, or it's stunt casting. None of that. I mean, they they brought in some cool, familiar faces. They've had a few where I just don't know the New Zealand actors. They're all doing a terrific job. Mm -hmm. You know, rarely do I think, oh, man, yeah, that they should have recast that role. and. With this kind of a show where you've got this many suspects of the week or whatever, you're going to hit a few of those. Well, and they've done a good job with the being realistic about it takes time to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're they're probably better about that than most shows. Yeah, yeah. I think this writing room thinks through the crimes a little bit more than a lot of shows and thinks through the investigative part of it. In terms of, you know, it's going to take them a little bit to get from point A to point B to go do this. You know, the the, the turnaround time on that test is not instant. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times in an American procedural have we seen the tech person explaining, this is going to take an unknown amount of time, the computer's not going to go find it instantly. Oh, wait, it just found it. Yeah. You know, we were watching that in another show. And as the person was literally saying, this could take weeks or months, boom. 30 seconds into the search, done. Yeah. And it's like, come on. So I, I feel they have they think things through and whatever their process is for tightening up the scripts, it works because it's not so uber tight that, oh, they did something. It's got to mean something. You know, everything's going to hinge on everything we see. No, no, it's, there's a few things that are red herrings that are just there for the fun of it or what have you. But it doesn't feel like they're wasting time chasing pointless leads or, yeah, come on, there's no way this guy did it. It's obvious it had to be this person. You know, they, they follow through on the investigation in a, a entertaining and believable manner. Mm-hmm. And there are enough procedural shows out there that some of them just don't. Yeah. Well, and I don't feel like stuff gets left on the cutting room floor that would have filled in. Yeah. There's not the missing pieces of, wait a sec, where'd that come from? Yeah. 
And also, Alexa has a personality, but she's not one of these uber quirky characters that the show is hinging around. I mean, I loved Monk, Mm -hmm. but he was the most abnormal of characters. And that was the point. Yeah. Whereas Alexa has her personality, a different person would go through the story a little differently, but it's not like it could only work because of Alexa. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm enjoying the show. It's a lot of fun. It's cool getting to see various places in in Auckland, some that we've seen, some that we haven't. Because again, they they show some beautiful scenery and stuff like that and are trying to to leverage the fact it's set in a, a location that not every story is. Yeah, I agree with that too. So it's, like I said, a lot of fun. It's worth checking out. It's on Acorn. It's had three seasons. Each of them, I think, have been 10 episodes. So it's not a serious investment in time. And they're episodic. There's stuff that that progresses from episode to episode in terms of character relationships and things like that, but nothing that would prevent you from enjoying any given episode in the run. I agree with that too, yeah. So if you're looking for some some entertaining light TV that you can, you know, watch incrementally and not have to binge all at once to understand, this is I think a really good good show for that. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what we discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.